Hello, friends. Welcome back to Coaches Exploring the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People from a Principles Behind Clarity perspective. And today we're reviewing Habit 5, Seek First to Understand, Then to be Understood. And this is uh, titled The Principles of Empathic Communication. The, the first thing I thought about um, was when Jamie references Seek First to Understand, Then to be Understood, he, he, he attributes the quote to St. Francis of Assisi, um, which is funny because every time I hear him say it, and then he goes, "Oh, that was by," and I'm waiting for him to say Steve, Stephen Guppy, <laughs> and then he says St. <laughs> Francis. But I I realized actually just this morning, um, and I don't know if this is one of those weird uh, universe coincidences or not, but my wife and I got married in St. Francis of Assisi Parish of the Catholic Church, so kind of appropriate uh, that this habit has, has kind of been been one that uh, it's always really spoken to me, but as a, you know, somebody who's gone through coach training for the last few years, this, this chapter should be like uh, a must read for every coach, uh, change worker, therapist, whatever out there, parent (laughs) Uh, and so on. Yeah. It's a hugely powerful chapter. Yeah. And yeah, the thing that struck me as well, that actually it's, it's habit number five. Like for me, it's, 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 it doesn't have an order, but for me, this chapter is like the the overarching thing mm. about all of the habits and about everything Stephen Covey writes about, and everything we do as coaches as well. It's the not so much the starting point, but like you know, Jamie will will give us. You know, we go from connection, calibration, connection, and, and education. Like it's it's that thing that just sits around the outside of all of this. Mm. It sits on top. It's not not even not even a yeah. It's a cherry on the cake, isn't it? But it's it runs through and intertwines. And for me, it's just sort of for me, it's the basis of everything. Yeah. And and I love the the quote Blaise Pascal Pascal Pascal. The heart has its reasons, which reason knows nothing of that has always been one of my favorite quotes mm. all time i think um because it it speaks to that bit that we so easily um ignore you know what heart and for me where heart would be what S- sid banks speaks about when he says love and understanding that that's what i understand by that and every time I think we find an answer in the heart reason rather than in the intellectual reasoning. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, like that. I think all of this you just mentioned there, Lena. Uh, especially in the in the opening, um, the whole uh, connection and calibration piece. I mean, it's it's the linchpin of of everything, really. Um, what I, what I I made a few little notes uh, those weeks ago when we were going to do it, and something that I love the conversation and the the different scenarios. I like the the scenarios to do the conversations and talking about. Um, 
you know, I'm going to talk to my kid and see what's going on and that does not happen. <laughs> uh, and what struck me there was, you know, that's when we talk about listening and, and trying to get behind the mask because, you know, all of a sudden what comes in is, you know, the the, the judgments and the you shoulds and all the, the outside stuff. Mm. Um, whereas the kid is, is trying to to give his his perspective from what's going on within him. So, yeah, that was behind the mask for me. Mm. Yeah. I highlighted this line on the second page of the, on 275. We, we have such a tendency to rush in to fix things up with mm. good advice, but we often fail to take the time to diagnose, to really deeply understand the problem, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Um, and I wrote down that, that, you know, when I first got into the principles, when I look back now, it's like, I was in such a hurry to share the principles. I forgot to first understand what <laughs> what was actually going on with the other person. Um, yeah. And uh, and now I see it like so clear. And, and then even this, the idea of uh, like he talks he uses the language of our own personal autobiography, but it's like to understand. It's like to truly understand the other person's world. And this is what Jamie talks about too: getting yeah. their, getting their world. It's not getting their world through the lens of my own personal bio autobiography. It's not truly like, and Jamie says all the time, like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what they mean when they say this. Like I used to jump, I used to all automatically jump to conclusions like, oh, I know what they're saying. But what I've realized in, with all the training in this time going through CCT again with Lynn is, is like even individual words. Like I, I have no idea what mm. that means for that person. Mm. Um. I was having a conversation with somebody a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about the word retirement. And it's like, you know, you're each of you must have, would have, when I say retirement, you'd have a vision for what that looks like or feels like, or means. And it would be different than what I I'm thinking. There might be some similarities, but you know, like just the idea of like, Oh, to, un to truly understand it. I got to ask a whole bunch of questions. I got to be Columbo. Like what the hell's going on? Yeah. here? <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I've, this time through this this chapter, I'm really seeing um, how much time and how much slower I need to go to really understand somebody. Yeah, mm. yeah, and what what you touched on that what I've just as you both know, I've just been home with my family, a lot of people in a week. And it's really interesting to notice interaction, especially between parents and kids, um, because the, the, it's a bit like this little story, actually. With the best will, will in the world, it's like the parent feels like, I've been there, I know. You know, it's like, I've been there, I know. So the kid says, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's totally from their autobiography. It's like, because, you know, you're not the kid. The kid isn't you. It's not the same situation. It's not the same anything. The it's not the same anything. It's not the same language. It's not the same feeling. It's not the same anything. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. I was re-listening to the CD a few days ago um, that I have for this. And he was he was kind of surveying the room, said, how many of you have had years of training on how to speak? And like everyone puts their hand up. How many have had years of training on how to write? Everyone puts their hand How many have had years of training on how to listen? And virtually nobody puts their hand up. Yeah. And it occurred to me, it's like, oh, that's what I've been paying all this money to Jamie for, for the last 
two and a half years is, is this has truly been listening training that yeah. we've uh, yeah. we've been going okay. through. Yeah, it's 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 not at all like listening. It sounds to me like it's not considered as a as a skill like speaking, writing, and reading. Let's mm-hmm. say it's it's almost as if we've kind of, okay so we've been given ears so we will listen it's like nobody considers that there's a there's a certain quality and skill and ability and there is a, a an ability to read write and speak that is possible because you can listen mm-hmm. So like, again, whereas it's nobody teaches you how to listen, it's perhaps of the four skills, communication skills, it's again, the most important. And yet centuries, thousands of years, just ignored. It's taken for granted. Yeah. I think going back to what you said at the beginning, Elaine, about this kind of being foundational or, or, you know, the first habit, like, you know, it all comes down to listening, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. Listening, and I, I guess we need to add the with love and understanding. Yeah. Which I guess also means without judgment. Yeah. And it's funny because as I'm saying the word listening, it's not even like it's listening is probably the wrong word. It's mm, understanding. Yeah. It's like seek first to understand. It doesn't say seek first to listen. Mm. No. It's, 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 seek re- first it's about receiving. Yeah. Well, everything that your senses can allow you to receive yeah. from, from another person or situation or yeah or event. Yeah. So. The next thing I highlighted was on, on 276. The, the real key to your influence with me is your example, your actual conduct. Your example flows naturally out of your character or the kind of person you truly are not what others say you are, blah, blah, blah. But that kind of person you truly are. And it was like, oh, that's who you really are. That's, that's the real you. Um, And you use the phrase earlier, Lynn, behind the mask. It's like, yeah, that's, that's the key, the, the, the who we really are and the, the who your client really is, (laughs) is the key to this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's something about speaking to me as well, just as as you spoke there, Greg, something about how listening also provides a key to trust. Mm. Um, After the the, the part that you read, you know, if your life runs hot and cold, if you're both caustic and kind, and above all, your private performance doesn't square with your public performance. It's hard for me to open up to you. You know, because I, I I don't know who you are anymore. I can't see who you are anymore. And I don't trust you no. with that. Mm. But if if we're if our approach, even when we're actually speaking, it's let's say it's listening to your very own speaking. Um, and that we're mindful of, again, think love, understanding, trust, empathy, of course, um, then the, the who you really are will, will naturally come out. 
and that's what I what I kind of mm. feel he's, he's he's trying to say here or at least that's what I I'm picking up on And the listening, I think, was is the first place where you're going to have access to, to who you really are, yeah. first and foremost for self, and then, then within the communication that you may have with somebody else. <clears throat> Actually, that next the paragraph, um, hmm, the paragraph underneath the one you just read, Elaine, it starts with, "But unless I open up with you, um, you." that this really is talking it goes on to talk self to self both people have to be open and honest and curious and for anything to go anywhere and that's mm. kind of what that's what that's pointing to or else yeah what you say is good and fine but it doesn't quite pertain to me you know I'm, if i'm not opening up with you and you're not hearing me then we're not going to get anywhere yeah. um yeah yeah. The next thing. I could just about think it was. Sorry, yeah. go, ahead. go ahead. No, you No, no, I'm just reading these. Uh, it's nice to be reminded of these paragraphs because you can think about just about any relationships that break down, and therein lies the key. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know that that's it, or or you know, arguing or misunderstandings or you know tense households whatever it's you know this is this is the key really yeah like yeah. yeah like you can you can trace back all those disputes to uh seeking first to be understood and uh rather than seeking first to understand yeah 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 sorry go ahead then Greg. yeah i was gonna say uh, at the top of 277 empathic listening is the headings mm. seek first understand involves a very deep shift in paradigm we typically seek first to be understood most people do not listen with the intent to understand they listen with the intent to reply mm. and i think back to my whole business career countless hours in meetings of people who did not want to listen to each other <laughs> they just wanted to yeah. rebut each other's point of view um and it was it was often whoever um i don't know demonstrate it, it was kind of like you know uh being in the jungle with a bunch of apes pounding their chests so it was like you know whoever pounded their chest the loudest okay everyone just said okay okay we'll do what this guy wants because he's you know he wins he's 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 the alpha or i don't know whatever but yeah yeah it was i just think back to so many scenarios in my career where this you know this played out exactly the way Covey described it here people seeking first uh to be understood or with the and then uh with the intent to reply like they're not even listening they just they've already got their argument made up hmm. <laughs> i love it and right there oh i know exactly how you feel i went through the very same thing i mean how often do you hear that yeah 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 i've been there I've done, yeah 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 and like no, 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 no. <laughs> Wasn't like that at all. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. funny.
and you know, Jamie yeah. uses the metaphor of getting on their raft a lot. Mm-hmm. I've always struggled with, I don't know why, but I just, I don't, maybe I don't have enough raft experience or, or not, but I've always struggled with that metaphor. Uh, so I, I've, I've often replaced the idea of the raft with the map, but you know, he, Covey talks about empathic from empathy, listening gets inside another person's frame of reference. You look through it, you see the world the way they see the world, mm-hmm. you understand their paradigm, you understand how they feel. And I, that that was the first time I really was like, oh yeah, the raft is kind of looking more clearer to me now. Like it's, yeah. um, you know, looking through their eyes, looking through their, you know, basically becoming them mm. in, a, in a way. I also like that he, he points out like empathic listening is not that you agree with someone. It's that you fully deeply understand the person. So it's, it's not a, you know, sympathy or agreement. Mm, mm-hmm. It's like this, the distinction between empathy and, and those things, I think was very key for me too. And then, you know, Elaine, you talked about the, the clarity model, calibration, connection, education, the Covey talks about you listen with your ears, but also, and more important, listen with your eyes and with your heart. You listen for feeling and for meaning. Mm-hmm. And it, again, like it was like, oh, yeah, he's talking about calibration. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and connection, I think, very much so. Yeah. At the yeah. moment, sort of we have um, the situation of seeking first to understand then it's not so much about creating a connection, but being able to sort of step into it Mm. if we take as true the fact that the connection is always there anyway. But it's sort of the key to stepping into it, the the seeking first to understand. Um, And then the, the sense of connection in the sense, again, going back to the only thing that can happen in a, a true, let's say, 100% connection is, again, love and understanding. That's the only thing that can happen because there's nothing else in a connection other than that. But we've got to step into it, mm. you know, for some... If, if, if anything useful is going to come out of the communication that ensues. another thing i highlighted here he says empathic listening is also risky It takes a great deal of security to go into a deep listening experience because you open yourself up to be influenced. You become mm-hmm. vulnerable. And uh, the note I, I wrote for that is like grounding. Like I think this mm-hmm. is in the, yeah. the training we've done yeah. with Jamie, um, the importance of grounding. Like you, you need to, you know, when you know who you really are and you know nothing can hurt you, then you, you can listen with empathy. Yeah. You can, you, you can be vulnerable like he says it's funny it's risky but the truth is when you're grounded it's not risky at all yeah 
Yeah. And I wrote I wrote exactly that. Um whereas Covey suggests that's why habits one, two, and three are so foundational. And I wrote grounding there, but thinking mm -hmm. really again without habit number five, we haven't quite got to the grounding. Yeah. Uh yeah. you know, I would I would definitely again place it more here, mm -hmm. the 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 clarity sense of of grounding, yeah. you know, the the fullness of it, that that deep rooted certainty um, that will transpire through deep deep listening and understanding, of course. He refers a couple of things. Uh, he refers, sorry. It's okay. Go ahead. No, no, I, I, I love his reference to psychological air, giving mm -hmm. people psychological air. I just I thought that was, um, yeah, that, that speaks volumes, actually. There's something, um, that's something about being truly available in that, I think, which goes back to the, the grounding being necessary for that to be even possible yeah and it, it, it makes me think of the uh the oxygen mask metaphor when you're on a plane right put on your own mm. mask first like you can't give somebody else psychological air mm. if you don't have your own psychological air already handled mm. yeah and it's you know yeah. the you know next to physical survival the greatest need of a human being is psychological survival to be understood to be affirmed to be validated to be appreciated okay. yeah yeah, and just on, on page uh, 281, diagnose before you prescribe. Mm -hmm. It sounds like, as he's written it here, it's almost laughable. You know, it's like, like well, right, yeah, of course. You know, it's a no-brainer. Reading it like that, it's like, oh, of course. Yes. I mean, like, you know, would a doctor just, as you, you walk in and yeah. he just says, okay, take some of these and you walk out again. Well, you know, like, what? Of course not. Yeah. And again, underlying, of course, that is your, the understanding of what on earth is going on has mm -hmm. to be first thing in place. It's just common sense, really. It's almost embarrassing to read that chapter, you know, when, when you haven't, you yeah. know, you have no knowledge of coaching or anything at all. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's kind of humbling. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> It's kind of oh. kind of funny because the, the stories I think of is like my wife used to get strep throat all the time. She ended up having to get her tonsils out, but mm -hmm. she would she could feel it coming on. So she would go to the walk-in clinic and she wanted to skip the whole diagnosis process. She just wanted <laughs> the drugs. I like I know what's wrong. I just need a prescription for the whatever it was, these antibiotics. And the and she almost like argued with the doctor because he wanted to go through the, you know. He doesn't know who the hell she is. She just walked into the clinic and we need to ask you questions and go through your medical history and so on. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it just kind of funny that way. Yeah. It's funny. I, I noticed in the book here on the, the CD I listened to, he tells this story about his daughter, Jenny, and phoning the hey. doctor who was at the football game and his wife phoned. And then he's like, oh, do, do you think the doctor realized she's just a baby? She's like, no. And he's like, okay, well, you better phone him back. And he's like, no, you phone him. 
Yeah. When he phones, he says, oh, this is Dr. Covey. And then he makes a joke on the CD. He goes, you know, the kind of doctor that doesn't do nobody no good. (laughs) 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 He always makes me laugh with that little joke. (laughs) And it's funny, too. I was thinking about this thing. uh, If you don't have confidence in the diagnosis, you won't have confidence in the prescription. So my mom, she's her, she go to the family doctor. She'd go to a specialist first. She had like kidney problems and heart problems, all kinds of things that contributed to her passing. But she would go to the specialist and then she'd do the follow-up with her family doctor. And the family doctor would, in front of my mom, would be re- reviewing the notes or whatever from the specialist and be, and she'd be going like, oh, I don't know why he prescribed you this drug or I don't know why. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you're totally undermining the 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 confidence in the diagnosis here because you're disagreeing it publicly in front of the the patient with the specialist and it's like if you don't agree with what the specialist said that's fine get on the phone and talk to them and figure it out and then tell the patient you don't do that in front of the patient like it used to drive me crazy yeah. that that because my mom would come home and like be in tears and like i don't know what i'm supposed to do and i don't know who to believe this doctor or that doctor anyway it was it was not good yeah yeah, and and as you just you know said, you know why why didn't they sort of talk to each other first? Again, it's that's a question as he says later on. You have to have the integrity. Mm. It's behind you're listening, you're trying to understand the. And again, if if maybe they one or both of the doctors had listened to the, you know, deep enough to understand also the psychological side of the physical situation that, that's going on that would never have happened mm. you know the um you know and and that's that is indeed the word that, that i underlined there is integrity yeah you know which is another i think for me a big word you know important word and a, an mm. important sense and um in the skill of listening and the seeking to understand it has to come from a, a solid grounding and a solid basis of integrity. Which even at a maybe different level is, you know, how many times we've gone even into a store or you've taken back a product, maybe a computer, something or something like that. Oh, you know, it doesn't work this, that and the other. And they'll try and convince you that, you know, cause they don't want to, use the insurance or whatever it, I, I don't know what it is you know when the the only answer that really is available is I don't know I'll find out mm. you know how many times does that get overlooked yeah you know you don't have to just blurt something out mm. because you're afraid to look really stupid and mm. oh I mustn't you know they think I don't know anything about my job yeah. so they give a answer <laughs> which could <laughs> in the case of you looking as a doctor it could be pretty you know, life-threatening kind of thing. You know, just being able to say that you don't know, know. perhaps. Or that it's even not your place to answer. But if we come from a a place where, let's say, we suppose that we know what we know best, then obviously that that's going to 
preclude any possibility of admitting to yourself, first of all, that you don't have the answer. <laughs> well, and I think that comes back to the idea of grounding and, and uh, yeah, exactly being comfortable with being vulnerable. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. He tells this little story of the the boy and the dad. I don't know if it, I can't remember if it was his son. You know, schools for the birds and uh, this. Whole oh thing. yeah. But the the part I highlighted was that he said. Um, uh, it opens a soul to soul flow like mm. the, you know deep listening and uh again I, i'm just on the lookout for things that Cuddy yeah. was talking about that connects directly with the principles and this idea of you know your truth that when it, when i interpret it opens a soul to soul soul flow that's a true self to true self connection is is yeah. when you get into this uh, deep listening, empathic listening with another person, give them psychological air. It's uh, it's almost like that psychological air lets the the ego kind of, I don't know, satisfy the ego so the ego can just go, okay, this is a safe place. Yeah. And then the soul-to-soul thing can happen. Mm-hmm. But it, when, I, when I read these stories, of course, I, I, I'm flooded with uh, a litany of examples of my interaction with my own children where things do not play out so well. <laughs> usually, usually because of my own uh, seeking to uh, give advice before, you know, prescribing before diagnosing. At the end of that story, he says, by seeking first to understand, this father has just turned a transactional opportunity into a transformational mm. opportunity. Mm. And again, I thought, yeah. oh, yeah, that's, that's that's the business we're in right there. Yeah. The transformation. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and you and just again, you just spoke to the ego there a second, Greg, and underneath it says, instead of interacting on a surface, get the job done level of communication. He's created this situation. So this is this is all insight friendly space right mm-hmm. here. You know, the, mm-hmm. leaving it leaving that to do the heavy lifting instead of going down the advice or your own autobiography or your ego or mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And speaking of insight-friendly space, the next thing I highlighted says, often when people are really given the chance to open up, they unravel their own problems and the solutions mm-hmm. become clear uh, to them in the process. Yeah. So it's it's not that empathic listening finally gives you an opportunity to give them the right advice. It's like there's no advice required. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, in the, what, yeah. We're, what we're after here is insight. And, you know, Jamie, one of my favorite Jamie quotes that I've, I've referenced it in the last couple of days on different posts is, you know, the only thing that makes a difference for a person is an insight they have for themselves. Yeah. Uh, highlight when people are really hurting and you really listen with a pure desire to understand, you'll be amazed at how fast they will open up. They want to open up. Mm. And when I read that, I thought of, you know, when I watch 
Jamie do his laser coaching with people, I've always been amazed at how, how quickly he gets them to open up basically, or, or I don't know, that's probably the wrong wording Him getting them to do it, but they, they open up and uh, I've been amazed watching, but it's, it's, you know, his ability to so quickly get to a place where they feel understood and comfortable in a, in a zoom room full of strangers. Yeah. And obviously when, by the time you get to the end of the pro- of a program, you've become friends with a lot of people like we have, but you know, in the beginning, people are pouring their hearts out talking about, you know, really personal, deep things. Um, but it's that that space that's been created, uh, holding that space and yeah. uh, letting people open up. Yeah. Which again, to me, as you, as you say that also, that speaks also to me of of courage, mm-hmm. which is often... You know, we we mistakenly understand that courage is something out out there to be mm. quiet if you can have it. You know, if you can find it. Oh, you know, I just I'm just you know I just I'm just a a scaredy cat. I can't do anything. Mm. This that and the other. You know, I, I I just really need some courage or some confidence or some something. But that this that speaking to people and people coming in at the beginning of these kind of programs and just the ability that Jamie has to to just somehow that th- they feel they can just say anything you know the the deepest darkest fears or, or whatever can just come out that to me is you know speaking because of listening and understanding mm-hmm. and empathy that you know that is speaking to the person's wisdom directly so that it can manifest mm-hmm. again you know, in a very sort of pure, um, essential way. Yeah. I think of the times when I've come on for coaching with, with well, with, well, either both, one or both of you or Jamie or with whatever. And I've always been very surprised at the the very fact that I've been able to say some of the things that I've yeah. said. So, sort of, well, where did that come from, yeah. you know? Like <laughs> things that you, you think you don't even admit to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've heard you say the it's the phrase of like, okay, well, here it is, or so, something <laughs> to that effect. Yeah. Like I wasn't going to say this, but yeah, all right, here we go. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. great. Anyway, speaking okay. of courage, I'm going to have to yeah. take the courage yeah, to put an end to this conversation. Yeah, you yeah. are because we're out of, we're out of time, and uh, yeah. but this has been a fascinating one. I'm glad we we got to do habit five and next Finally, time, habit five. next time we'll be in the habit six synergize which i feel like the three of us have been doing for a, quite a long time with each other so uh, until then thanks for joining us and we'll see you okay. again soon thanks guys thanks, 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 thanks lynn. Lynn. Thank you.